Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. And on Thursdays, we have the pleasure, Boldy and I, of chatting with our man, Nick Costos. You better, you bet, guys. Yes, we bow to you, Nick, because it's that time of year where everybody's looking at the numbers. We're looking at what teams are going to have an advantage, whether it be on the road or at home. And we've got some interesting week two matchups. Nick, um, I got to start with the Jets because everybody's looking at this Cowboys-Jets game. I want to get your initial thoughts on the line, and then let's talk about this injury and what it means for the Jets from a betting standpoint. Well, first off, great to be back on with you guys this season. Uh, Yeah, I think this is a really fascinating game with the Jets and the Cowboys on Sunday in Dallas. Um, This might surprise people. Uh, I'm actually going to grab the points here with the Jets in this game, and I think the Jets are going to be a valuable bet. Just at this big of a number, and I understand, and it doesn't take a rocket scientist, or a film guy, or whatever, like a coach, to understand that there's a massive drop-off from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson, right? Obviously, Rodgers is the superior quarterback, but I think we have to look at like the Jets' defense being like a major factor in this game, and I'm not suggesting that the Jets are going to win this game, although it wouldn't surprise me. And remember back to last year, the Cowboys were facing like kind of like a diametrically opposite Week 2 scenario when Joe Burrow and the Bengals were coming to town, Dak was coming off his injury, and Cooper Rush was getting set to make his first start as a Cowboy. The Cowboys won that game in week two last year against Cincinnati. So kind of like a like a flip scenario here with now the Cowboys facing Zach Wilson, Dallas coming off the shutout of the Giants in, in week number one. I definitely think the Jets' defense is good enough to keep the Jets, the Jets in this game within striking distance. And Mike McCarthy, I thought, did like a really – 
I guess the whole Cowboys team did a really good job last week against the Giants. Like Mike McCarthy's good play caller, obviously, right? Like it's a Super Bowl un- under his belt. My sense is, is that in this game, I don't know if this is going to be like a foot to the jugular game. And this is just my opinion. I could be wrong about this. Or maybe plays it a little bit closer to the vest. Get out of Dodge with the victory. It ain't the BCS style points don't matter. Where do they really need to force the ball down the field a million times with Dak Prescott? And if they do that, does he turn the football over a couple times with this opportunistic Jets secondary? So I think we see a lower scoring game here. I think the Cowboys will win the game, guys, but I do think the Jets do enough to fall inside this big number. So give me the Jets, and I also like this under right now at 38 and a half. You know, Nick, when I saw the Cowboys shut out the Giants in New York 40 to nothing, I thought, I think they're going to shut out both teams, both New York teams. I don't think either New York team is going to score. Like, I just don't see the Jets' offense against this Cowboys' defense going into Dallas. I don't care where the game is played. They can play it in a parking lot. Like, this Jets' offense is not going to move. Like, they might get a couple runs like they did the other night against Buffalo. Like, that can happen. I just don't believe in the quarterback. I mean, I don't know how you can watch him and believe in him. And so, the Dallas defense is so much better than Buffalo's defense. They're so much faster. They have so many more wreckers up front, starting with Micah. I just think they're going to have a hard time. The offense line of the Jets played terrible. Um, there's no way. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Maybe Dwayne Brown needs some games. I, Dallas wins this game. I, I'm just really, and I do think that Jets defense can play very well against uh, Dak. But I think the guy that's going to turn the ball over is the quarterback of the Jets. That's that's how I look at this thing. I don't know exactly what the line should be, but I just think that the Jets offense is is really going to struggle like they did all night the other night. Can I, can I ask this quickly? Like, I, I like the under in this game a lot. Um, It opened 41. You, My thought, Baldy, was like, the num- the first digit in this in this total, like, needs to be a three. And it is yeah. now. It's 38 and a half. <laughs> I'd yeah, actually, I, I'd argue it's too high. Like, 2017, I think, would be an, obviously, that that implies that the Jets have kept the game close. Which I, I, think know it, you I, think I think you're right on the, on the, on the total right there, Nick. Uh, I would, I would completely uh, agree with that. What is it now, Nick? 38 and a half? 38 and a half, and, like, there aren't, like, key numbers with totals the way there are with point spreads in the NFL, like, the way, like, three and seven are. But, like, once you get into the 40s, like, there's 44, there's 47, just thinking about, like, the math of the way, like, points are scored in the NFL. So the next number down from here that would matter, and I'm not saying it matters, like, a ton, but it, but it does matter a little bit. Would be would be uh, would be thirty seven, right? Like a twenty to seventeen final score, like something like a, a set of numbers that gets you there. I I think the total should be thirty six and a half. Like I actually think the total should be a couple points lower than it is right now. Uh, so I I like the under in this game. I would I would take the Jets. Maybe that's just like the better in me that sees a huge number like this with that defense. But look, if Dallas's defense. Baldy, what we're saying on you better you bet now is uh Micah Parsons tweet after they shut out the Giants was you got you thought this was a game hashtag doomsday uh they doomsdayed the Giants maybe it's they'll doomsday that, maybe they'll doomsday the Jets it's up funny on because I don't want to take anything away from the original doomsday but when I watch the game against the Giants I says this is doomsday too this is doomsday too we'll we'll give them like the the, the second because doomsday won a Super Bowl so I I'm not going to hold off on that, but I said the exact same thing as Micah did without even talking to him this week. I was like, this is doomsday, man. They are so fast. Stephon Gilmore, like he can man up on Darren Waller. Like they're so much better at the other corner than they were at any time of the year last year. Like they look for the first time, they look like a complete defense. Now the Giants were a mess that, that played into it, but um, 
I like how fast they are, man. They're just so fast. Like you, if you blink, like if you think there's an open window, don't blink because it's going to close by the time you do. I'll mention this, guys, and then we'll get to some other games. Nick Costos, you better you bet with us here on Thursdays, guys, as we look ahead to the next week of games. It's week two in the NFL. Uh, the chess game that was going to be played between Aaron Rodgers, and let's just say he was playing this week, and Dan Quinn, is a different chess game than Nathaniel Hackett in the ear of Zach Wilson trying to make sure that he's adjusting to whatever Dan Quinn is doing with that Cowboys defense. And that is why I don't trust him either, Baldy. The problem is it's not the ability. It's what Aaron was able to see and change at the line of scrimmage on any given play. And then you say, well, is Zach capable of that? Because he didn't do it last year. And we know that that is where he has had issues. Like I'm not here to, to bash Zach Wilson, but the playbook just went from war and peace to the secret. Correct. Okay, like it's that's just, a great it, line. You should use that. That's really good. That's a great line. <laughs> that's a great line. I just, line. I just thought of it as as uh, Carl was kind of just saying the chess game because the chess game was in Aaron's head. Yep. And like, look, there's no. This, he's got 19 years. Zach is just learning the game. Like, it's just you just got to scale it down. And the more you scale it down, the more it plays in the hands of great defenses right now. I agree, guys. All right, let's talk about a, a couple of other games here. Um, this is interesting. Bucks Bears. Bucks went on the road one last week. We know week to week it's hard with betting. Nick, you can't get caught up in that. But I was impressed with Baker Mayfield. And then watching the Bears get humiliated by the Green Bay Packers at home. And I'm thinking they could run the ball. Justin Fields is running for his life. Tell me what you like about this game and who do you like from a betting standpoint? Okay, so I think like, and I I bet the Packers and the Bucks last week, so it felt like that's not meant to pat myself on the back, just to give a little context of how I feel about these teams like heading in heading into week two. So I look at the point spreads after the games end right on Sunday night in week one, and I see Tampa three-point favorite against Chicago. And my first thought is like, wow. Like, can Tampa really be a three-point favorite against any team this year not named the Arizona Cardinals? Like, no disrespect to Arizona. I think it's pretty clear what the Cardinals are trying to do this year. And the more I thought about it, the more I'm thinking, like, yes, 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 I actually think they can because, and this is a little bit of hindsight on my part, but we also talked about it all offseason on, on my show, You Better You Bet. The Bears' win total coming into the year, guys, was seven and a half. The implication being you want to bet this team to go over, they have to go eight and nine. They had the number one overall pick in the draft last year. Like, shout out to Davis Mills for helping make that happen and Lovey Smith. But still, they were the worst teams in the league last year. And it's like, okay, they're just going to roll out of bed and they're going to win eight games this year because they added DJ Moore and like a couple new pieces. Or, and hear me out, they're still terrible. And this is actually like one of like the two or three worst teams in the league this year again. So for me, this is much less about Tampa. And now that the numbers come down under three, which which doesn't, which makes a lot of sense, right? two teams that are not great playing against each other. Should one team be favored by three? I actually think in this instance, the answer might be yes. So I'm, I'm going to lay it with Tampa and feel like really good about, and it's less about, I feel so good about Tampa and more about, I think the bears are really just that bad. I'm, I'm with you on this one, Nick. Um, the, the thing I'll, I'll take another side to this game. When I watched Tampa in Minnesota last week, Carl Tampa Bay hit everything that moved. I know Justin Jefferson had some catches. But he, didn't, he never found the end zone, wasn't close to getting to the end zone. They hit, and they blitzed, and they made life miserable for the Vikings. Like, I just think that's how Tampa's got to play. Like, if they play that way, where Devin White, Levante, pick a guy, Carlton Davis, yep. like Antoine Winfield. Winfield and Winfield came for a blitz. He looked like it was like um, 
Like he was just living hell the way that they hit him. And they just couldn't adjust. And I just think the Bears, I don't know what they were doing. Honestly, they got to the four yard line. I don't know what play they were running, two plays in a row. I I'm, I'm I put it out to the Bear fans. I got a million views. Like, what is this play? I don't know. I don't think anybody in the team knew what it was. Yeah. Um, and Baker was good enough. Like, they weren't great against Minnesota, but, you know, Brian Flores came after him with all these zero blitzes and just said, well, I know we're not very good on defense. We're just going to make life as hard as we possibly can from a scheme standpoint. But I like the Bucs in this game to, to actually cover. The hook is the hook right there, Nick, but I like the Bucs. I'm with you guys. Uh, Bears just didn't look – they did not look impressive at all in any facet, by the way. I mean, listen, they couldn't get D.J. Moore involved. I mean, all the conversation in the offseason – and I question in week one, Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, to your point, Baldy, what are you doing? We are going to see in week two what happens. You like the Chargers, Nick? You like the uh, Chargers this week? Well, uh, on Sunday night, so yeah, like sometimes there's what we call on the show, hashtag bet regret. Um, I might have a little right now, <laughs> but I kind of like I need to say, need to stay consistent. Uh, yeah, I bet the Chargers minus three, favored by three on the road at Tennessee. Um, I bet it on, on Monday morning because um, I just thought, I think this line's going to go up. I think the Chargers will be a bigger favorite as we move along the week. And then the line did go up. It went up to Chargers minus three and a half. Now, sometimes you bet early in the week and you are able to get the, better, the best of the number as a result. And sometimes when you bet early in the week, you get injury reports like the Chargers had on Wednesday. And now the best of the number seems to be getting away from you. Where I, at this point, like you got to, as a better, you kind of need to like look for signs to figure out what's going on. So Austin Eckler's dealing with an injury right now, right? The Chargers activated Jared Patterson off their pack off their practice squad, which at least indicates to me that there is a, a reasonable doubt that he is going to miss the game, that Eckler will miss the game. Now we like Josh Kelly, the backup. He ain't as good as Austin Eckler, though. And now Joey Bosa's on the injury report. The hamstring and Brandon Staley's status is to be determined. And we know that Joey Bosa, like this kind of happens a lot with him. Um, great player, but like need him on the field, obviously. So now it looks like this number might dip down to Chargers minus two and a half. Now, I would still like the, the Chargers there, but obviously like I, I would prefer Eckler play in the game and Bosa play in the game. I'll just say this. I'm kind of, and like Baldy, I know like you've forgotten more about football than I know. This is just my, as someone who's been watching for over 30 years, I'm, but I'm being serious though, just in deference, like I should be to you here, just watching for a long time. I'm so disappointed in Brandon Staley after that first year where I thought like he pushed all the right buttons and pulled all the right strings. I know he got criticized by a lot of people. I loved it. I thought he was making what I considered to be like positive expected value decisions. And then it felt like he got bullied by everyone before last season and then kind of like went into a shell. And now it's like they do things and I don't know what the hell's going on here. Like I, I kind of don't know what they were doing on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. Like the assumption of rational coaching should be against this defense, especially without Caleb Farley for the first four weeks. Justin Herbert should be throwing the ball on every play. Like they should be able to build a lead on Tennessee that Tennessee actually is not equipped to come back from. I don't know what we're going to get, though. So I'll bet the Chargers here. I already have, but I am a little nervous going into this game. Candidly, I think Tennessee has the big-time coaching advantage, Vrabel versus Staley. That being said, though, give me the Chargers. So, look, Nick, the, you know, the, the, the Titans don't have Tyreek Hill. But that being said about Brandon Staley, Carl, like, when I watch that game, I'm like, okay, here's the best and the most explosive player on the field. Maybe you should take your best corner and a safety, and just go everywhere Tyreek goes and travel with those guys. They never doubled him once. The game winner, like, it's one-on-one -on, -one on the outside with Mike Davis. Like, no, Derwin James is guarding grass. Like, I saw this over and over and over again. Like, they never – like, okay, you can say, okay, well, we're going to 
we're going to play this defense. But if he starts to hurt us, let's at least just adjust to it. They didn't do any of that. And that's like, to me, that's unforgivable. Uh, I like, to your point, Nick, the, the coaching difference in his mm-hmm. game, I think, is the difference. Like, Tennessee played really well against New Orleans. They've got a nasty front. The You know, uh, Autry and Simmons and Landry, like, they're good. They're really good up front. And that's going to be the matchup to me is uh, I don't think they're going to run the ball like they did last week against Miami. Um, I, but I, I, I like Tennessee. Like, I just like this. Their style in this game is going to slow it down. They might as well play this in a mud puddle. I'm, I'm, I'm already like I'm already pissed off about watching this game with my Chargers bet. I'm already <laughs> angry about it. <laughs> I, right. I don't want to talk you out of you. No, I'm already in. I already bet it, so I'm in already. I just know it's going to be a miserable watch on Sunday for my bet. <laughs> We're going to get one more game in. I'll say yeah. this: Brandon Staley should have been fired last year. Okay, let's be real. You blow that playoff lead. There was a lot of confidence lost. How about play Mike Williams in week 18 in a meaningless game and get him hurt? He doesn't play in the playoff game. Get him the hell out. Should have been fired last year, okay? That's where we're at, but it's week one. You fast forward, and Baldy just laid it out. You see how they decide. Listen, when a guy's got 120 yards receiving, we might want to start thinking about playing him differently. They allowed Cheetah to get 200 yards receiving. It's embarrassing is what it is. And the game winner. Like, you Correct. know the ball's only going to one guy, and they don't do anything. They don't even, like, think about doing something different. They're just like like this. Like, they like they got all these iPads on the sidelines. <laughs> they got all this technology. You can watch every play. It's slow motion, fast forward. Like, here's the guy that's killing you. Like, something, please. Like, I'm literally, like, I'm doing this right now. I was doing this in a film room on Monday night, and then I texted a buddy of mine who's in the organization. And I'm like, is anybody watching this game the way I'm watching it? Like, I'm screaming at the at the screen right now. Yeah. Can't, can't wait to watch my Chargers bet on Sunday. <laughs> All right. One last game, Nick. Nick Costos, guys, you better you bet. Check out his podcast. It's great. Want to talk about Detroit. Let me give you guys a quick number. So Dan Campbell started off 4-19-1. In their last 11 games, they're 9-2. and two. Mm-hmm. That includes the Kansas City Chiefs win in week one. Um, I'm buying the Detroit Lions. I'm jumping on. I think they are going to be a playoff contender. But, Nick, from a betting standpoint, are you betting Detroit this week? Yeah, so I, I have. But there's there's actually like a point spread and like a betting conversation that we have here. And then we could talk about kind of like the on-field handicap. And I have my odds screen up here. And I'm just, yeah, like I'm looking at like the board and like where different sports books have the game. And BetMGM has it right now. My show sponsor, Lions, about a five-point favorite. So I got to, we got to start with last week in Seattle, um, just for a quick second here. And then I'll tie it into Detroit. So last week, the Seahawks are five and a half point favorites at home against the Rams. And that's the point spread basically the entire offseason. So Cooper Cup, which was not unexpected, right? Cooper Cup is placed on IR officially. He's out the first four weeks, which means he will obviously will not play in week one. So my thought is, okay, point spread's been this the entire offseason. Now Cup's not playing. Like, I don't really like this Rams defense here. I like Seattle this year. I bet Seattle minus five and a half. My expectation is I'm going to beat the closing number. Like this point spread's going to go up. Not only did that not happen, 
but the Rams got bet. And so I'm sitting here on the show, like literally saying, because, you know, we're honest with the audience. I don't win all my bets. Like, I, I can't wait to see how I'm wrong on Sunday, like how this doesn't go my way, because really smart people have registered their opinion, and it's that the Rams are the right side of the game, and I am actually dead wrong, and I have no idea how I'm wrong. And then the game starts, and the Rams end up winning by 17, and Nakua looks like 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 Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, and Atwell has a good game, and Kyron Williams looks like Eric Dickerson. It's just like, what the hell's happening here? And the Seahawks look absolutely terrible. Okay, so now we get to this week, and the injury re- report coming out of the Seahawks game is bad, right? Abe Lucas gets placed on IR. Charles Cross is probably not going to play in the game. So you're without both of your starting tackles. And here's Aiden Hutchinson on the other side, who looks like, like the next great pass rusher in the National Football League. And not only that, but it's the Lions playing at home. The home field advantage is going to be insane in this game, right? Like, like that 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 fan base is in a froth after beating the Chiefs in the opener. And the Lions are on extra rest. So I'm thinking, wow, I'm going to bet Detroit minus five and a half, minus five. And this number is definitely going up. I can't wait to beat the closing number. It's moving now in favor of Seattle. So I, I don't know what I'm missing here with the Seahawks team. So I can tell you guys right now is that it looks like Betters with influence are betting Seattle right now, despite the fact that the Seahawks will be without their tackles. Maybe that's, and Baldy, you can speak to this, obviously. Maybe it's just too many points on an offense with Geno and Metcalf and Smith and Jigba and Tyler Lockett, and we think he'll be good to go, and Kenneth Walker. For me, like, I look at the handicap of this game, and I think Detroit's going to roll over them. I think Seattle might be really bad, without, especially without the tackles in the veritable Lions den here with Hutchinson on the other side. So I bet Detroit, but I do want to offer the caveat that the market's moving against me. And once again, I am stuck in the situation where I might be saying on Sunday morning, man, can't wait to see how I'm going to lose money today on the Seattle Seahawks game. I, Nick, I saw where I saw where the Seahawks signed 41-year-old Jason Peters. Yeah. To come in and play tackle against Aiden Hutchinson. Like, I don't know. Like I Jason didn't go to camp this year. You know, hadn't played since the end of the season with the Cowboys last year. If he has to go out there and play. But you know, the, the Rams, like the Seattle Rams go up to Seattle real quick here. Finish this up. Rams go up to Seattle, the house of 12. Like, it, you can't hear yourself thinking that place. They didn't give up a sack. They didn't give up. Matt Stafford was barely touched, didn't give up a sack. With a brand-new offense line, with a rookie left guard, you know, a new left tackle, Art Jackson, they didn't give up a sack. I, I mean, something's not right in Seattle. Like That's not a Pete Carroll-looking team right there. I'm sure they're going to shake things up one way or the other. But that didn't look like a Pete Carroll team at all. It's a great point, Baldy. Nick, tell the people when you're on, where they can find you. And, of course, he'll be with us on Thursdays, previewing games just like this, guys, on In the Huddle. Uh, yeah, you better you bet weekdays uh, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, we're on the Odyssey app. We're on radio stations nationwide. Would take more time to to not name them than it would to name them, which is awesome. It's great. The show's growing. Uh, podcast forum, YouTube, Twitch. We are also on Sunday morning, countdown to kickoff 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, getting you set to bet and win on NFL Sundays. And I also do a solo show on WFAN in New York on Sunday mornings, 8.30 to 9. A solo, you better, you bet. Let's get some money. Nick, appreciate you stopping by as always. And we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Really appreciate it. Wishing everybody minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. And Baldy, great to have you, my friend, back on You Better You Bet for another season on Wednesdays. Nick, it's good to see you on our podcast here, man. Thanks a lot for coming. And it's always great, man. I I like your passion for your business. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Nick Costos, everybody. We'll see you next week. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. 
With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 